You're listening to episode 44 of the Journey to Launch podcast, how to rewrite your money story and propel yourself to financial success. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey to Launch podcast. So happy if you are tuning in again. Thanks for coming back. If you're a new listener, welcome. Hope you enjoy and stick around. Don't forget if you are enjoying this podcast to share it with your family and friends, help spread the message, get it out there more. If you're listening to it in Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to leave a review. I read every single last review and it means a lot to me that you take the time to do that. So thank you for doing that. Actually, I'm gonna read a review to thank one of you guys. I'm gonna select a random one at the end of this podcast episode. So stick around and listen for that. Even if you don't listen to Apple Podcasts, totally fine. You can really find this anywhere. So just continue to listen and share it out. You can follow me on all social media as Journey to Launch. So that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then if you want to join my Facebook community and join some journeyers and meet and connect more with them and with me, go to journeytolaunch.com community or just type in Journey to Launch in Facebook. Today, I'm talking to Jen Hemphill, a military spouse and proud bilingual Latina. She helps women who are tired of the traditional money advice gain a renewed sense of control, confidence, and freedom in their financial life. She's a money confidence coach and accredited financial counselor and the host of Her Money Matters podcast. She's also a newly published author, and we'll get into her book a little bit. And you can find out where to find her book in the episode show notes and at the end of the podcast. But I really recommend you listen to this one. I know she is geared towards women, but I think anyone, men too. I know I have some men listeners. You'll learn a bit from this too, because what Jen likes to talk about is changing your money story. How do you, how to have that confidence with money? I like that she has this concept of rewriting your money story and then what the emotional and mental work is that you have to do to propel yourself forward. So how do you not relive the old stories you tell yourself in the past? How do you move on and create a better money story? For the episode show notes, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 44 to find out more information and to find out more about Jen. Now let's get into this amazing episode. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to have Jen Hempel here on the podcast. Hi, Jen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so tell everyone who you are and what you're about. Well, I am Jen Hempel. I call myself a money confidence coach because that's what my clients and audience say that I do, that I help them gain their uh, confidence around their finances. I'm also an accredited financial counselor and a military spouse uh, and a mother of two boys. That's awesome. But you also have an amazing podcast yourself, right? And blog and... Oh, yes. How did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> I 
an online platform. So tell people a little bit about that, because I think that's obviously very interesting. I'm the host of the Her Money Matters podcast. And essentially, that podcast is just geared interviewing women, whether they be experts in the field of personal finance in some area, or they're just uh, general women who tell their money stories. That's what my listeners like to hear is money stories so they can relate to the guests in some way. And it's all about tell, uh, sharing challenges that you've had with money, sharing what works, those type of things. And I also do solo episodes and it's just based on what my audience wants and asks for, especially if I see a lot of themes coming up in my Facebook community or questions, I do solo episodes on those things. And I also have an upcoming book that's called Her Money Matters, The Missing Truths from Traditional Money Advice. I wanted to talk a bit about that book and just the fact that you call yourself a money confidence coach, this is so up my alley <laughs> because I feel like a lot of the things that, you know, it's great when we're in the personal finance field, you know, you're in the personal finance field and there's so much of the technical things like, okay, how to budget and where to put your money. And there are tons and tons of information online about that. Mm -hmm. But I think the, a lot of the intangibles, like the confidence part and the money mindset part of it is not talked about enough. And it's really the driving force in what really makes someone successful with their finances, right? I can't agree more. <laughs> right? Let's can we talk a little bit about that? I mean, I definitely want to get more into like your story, because you know, obviously, we all have stories of what brought us here today. But let's talk a little bit about just the whole money confidence, like what made you get into or want to focus on that part of personal finance? Because I found when I was married, I was married maybe at that time about 10 years, that I was always this money person. I was the one managing the finances. I was reading the personal finance books. I did everything that personal finance experts told me to do. I did that. But I never heard of the mindset piece. I never heard about your past money stories. And what I noticed about 10 years into our marriage was that I was feeling stuck. I was doing all, quote unquote, the right things, but yet the bank accounts weren't showing that. Our investments weren't showing what we thought should be there at that point in time. So when I reflected on that, I realized that I had come upon this book. It's by T. Harv Ecker, and it's The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, I think. So the author is T. Harv Ecker, and that's what really opened my mind up into the importance of the mindset. And once I read that book, I realized that that was a piece, uh, not the only piece, because you don't know what you don't know sometimes when you're managing finances, but that was a piece that I was missing. I was noticing that when I look back into reflecting to my childhood, I heard a lot of, we don't have the money. That was the common phrase that I heard all throughout my life. So when I became an adult, I became this avid saver, if you will and this really frugal person because of that, because I didn't want to have that lack of money. And so I, it was really becoming aware of that. And what also happened is that your past money stories is how you grew up around money, what you saw, what you experienced. But if you're not aware of that, if you don't pay attention to that, you can continue to repeat that cycle. And that's what a lot of us don't realize is we need to know what the past is, right? There are definitely some positive things about it, and there are some things that don't serve us. And if we are repeating that cycle, repeating those patterns into the present, 
we're going to get stuck in some point in time. Okay, so talk a little bit about, you said that you grew up and that caused you to be very frugal and you saved a lot, Mm -hmm. but I'm sensing a little bit that also held you back. Absolutely. Okay, so talk about that because that's also counterintuitive to me a little bit. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but to probably maybe some people listening is because part of what we talk about in the personal finance is like you should save, you should be frugal. So how is that sometimes counterintuitive to getting ahead? Well, there is a two parts. I was not enjoying life. So I married my opposite. (laughs) He's definitely the spender in his perception of life and money was like, we go to work to make money so we can enjoy it, right? My perception, we go to work to make money, to invest, to save, but I wasn't learning how to enjoy it. So we definitely have to save but we also have to enjoy it. But the other aspect too was, like I mentioned, a part of it that got me stuck was that scarcity mentality of like, because I was always thinking we're not going to have money if we don't save, right? That was kept on coming into my mind over and over again. But the other part was just some money skills that I didn't know in terms of, I was putting money into the emergency savings like no one's business, but we were depleting it. And there was a reason why we were depleting it. It was because one, we weren't really, even though we had quote unquote a budget, which I realized wasn't a budget uh, later on, (laughs) but it was just more of a checklist. But we also, we weren't really mapping out and planning those non-monthly expenses or those trips or those bigger purchases like furniture or maybe the washer and dryer. And therefore, when time came for those bigger purchases or those non-monthly expenses, we didn't have it in the bank account. So we resorted to the emergency fund, right? So it was twofold uh, in terms of that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's interesting you say that because like we say in the personal finance space, you should save and be frugal. But like you said, there needs to also be a balance of you have to actually enjoy it because If not, then it's almost like you're torturing yourself or you're being a miser or it's just not with the best foot forward in that regard. And then the whole tunnel vision, like you said, you were probably hoarding and saving money. But because you weren't looking at the full big picture, it wasn't really helping you overall with your finances, right? Right. Because I was just doing what I was being told to do in terms of what the experts said. So that's what I was doing. But What I didn't realize at that time, those money experts, yes, they're experts in personal finance, but they're not experts in you, right? They don't know your unique situation, your desires in life. They don't know that. They speak to the masses. They're not experts in you. Only you are. Mm, Yeah. So you have to layer on what works for you, your own intrinsic motivations and all that for really that to work. Okay. Absolutely. So you also mentioned that your husband is an opposite. Like, is he still the opposite of you? Is he more of a spender still today? Yeah, he's still definitely the spender. Now, I've improved my frugality. I'm definitely still a saver, but I have learned to spend money without the guilt because that was the other component. I would feel guilty as well besides battling internally that we weren't going to have the money if we spent it. But the other component was, and it happens with a lot of women where we spend the money, some of us, right? Some women, they spend with no shame, right? 
maybe just to even buy some clothes or treat ourselves to a massage or whatever, we feel guilt around that because we feel like we need to take care of others before we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how have you and him compromised so where <laughs> you're still able to hit your goals and he's still able to spend? I'm asking because my, it's funny, my husband also, he's definitely not like a big, big spender. But I know if like, mm-hmm. I know he'd probably want to spend a little bit more. <laughs> like, you know, he has <laughs> an eye for a little bit more luxury than I do. So how do you and your husband marry those two opposing or differences? Right. A lot of communication, conversations, discussions about that. Because there was a lot, my husband, as I mentioned, he's definitely more of the spender. He's also like this big hearted man. Not that I'm not big hearted. I say that and it sounds like I'm not. I am kind, I promise you. But if someone were, you know, a family member or a friend is in need of money, my husband will be more than willing to give it to them with no question, with no asking for the money back. He just gives to give. That's the type of heart my husband has. And that at the beginning caused a lot of friction of our marriage because, oh my goodness, that messes up with the cash flow, right? <laughs> so those type of things in terms of him wanting to give, we had to have those discussions. Well, it affects our monthly bills, that type of thing. So eventually what we've done is we've separated money for that. So if it's in that account and let's say a family member or someone needs help. And if we have it in that account, then we're able to give that to them. And I have no issues with that because it doesn't mess up with everything else, our financial goals, the monthly bills, all of that. In other terms, we have our own spending money. And I think that's really important for couples to have their own spending money where you just spend it with no questions asked. It gives us that sense of independence, if you will, So I think that's important. There was a time where, since I mentioned a military spouse, where he was deployed, but I had come across this activity, which I found interesting. And it came from, her name is Abraham Hicks. So she's like a little more of the woo-woo side. (laughs) Oh, no, I used to be an Abraham Hicks fanatic. I don't listen to her as much now, but I know who you're talking about. All I know from her, and honestly, I've watched maybe some YouTube videos of hers, but she's got this game, if you will, that's called the prosperity game. So we did this and between him and I, him deployed via email where you started with pretend money. So this is a 30 day activity. And the first day, let's say you decide you're going to have $100. And we decided that out of that $100, we would split it 50-50 and we would decide what we would spend it on. So naturally, it was going to be debt first, you know, those type of things. And every single day after that, you would increase the amount of money. You could double it. You can put it maybe as an extra dollar. And you did this for 30 days. And this was such a phenomenal moment for us and in our marriage, a bonding moment. Because even though at that time we had been married, yeah, it was around 10 years, there were things about us that we really didn't know of our aspirations and our goals or things that maybe we were too afraid to tell each other because, oh, we don't have the money. So it got us to dream. It got us to get to know each other. He wanted uh, four wheelers. We still don't have them. And maybe eventually (laughs) we move around just so much. But those type of things and definitely the sense of him helping family was important for me, naturally paying off the debt for him as well. So we learned so many things. 
And that helped me understand him more because it brought in the conversations on how he grew up around money, what he experienced, what he saw. It allowed me to know him better on that level. Mm, That's actually something I want to link. So for everyone who probably is listening who does not know who Abraham Hicks is or the prosperity game, I will link that in episode show notes so you can kind of check out the woo-woo yourself and maybe try the game. That's a good tip. I'm a nugget to take away. When you talk now about confidence, right? So your new book that you're coming out with, it's about really discovering that money confidence and how to cultivate it, right? So can you talk a little bit about why that's so important and what we can do to cultivate that within ourselves? Right. Well, with confidence, and I talk more like a financial confidence, which is all related, we need to be confident to find ways to be resourceful to solve our problems. Without confidence, we don't manage to take action. We continue with our fear, right? And with financial confidence, which is just related to finances, if you have a strong sense of financial confidence, it's going to get you through the times that life throws those curveballs. So it's going to get you. So it's really, really important to make sure that your financial confidence is strong. And that's a tough one for some people, right? Because they feel like they're in a tight spot financially. But it's all about taking action, no matter what it is, right? can be a small piece of action. Maybe you're not saving on a regular basis. And all of a sudden you decide, I am going to put our savings on automatic transfer, right? So it can be those things. It's a matter of not being afraid to get messy with your finances. It's a matter of just being able to take these actions. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. So financial confidence is just really, really important to moving forward with your financial goals. And again, you have to take action to increase your confidence. Okay, so how then do you increase your confidence? So you're saying action. Is Are there any specific examples or exercises one can do if they're listening to improve their confidence? There's definitely. And I actually did just recently, and I can share with you the link to the episode that I just did, where I shared seven ways to improve your financial confidence. So one way to do that is simply by owning it like claiming it, claiming that you're going to be financially confident. You know the saying where you say fake it until you make it. Well, I'm not big on faking it for others, but faking your mind, being Satan, it's a little woo woo, but just saying I am financially confident and until it's easier to say until it doesn't feel like this sounds weird. It doesn't feel good. So it's just really owning it and claiming it that you can do that, that you can be financially confident. And it's also being resourceful. There's a saying that I thought was so awesome that Tony Robbins says, resourcefulness is the ultimate resource. We as women, we're resourceful. (laughs) Innately, I believe we're resourceful. We're the ones, especially if we have kids, we may find that we have to be in three places at the same time (laughs) and we find a way to make it happen. That's me every day. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So we have to be resourceful. That improves our financial confidence. Talking money, that's something we don't like to do. We fear talking money. 
but we just have to do it. And it doesn't mean that you have to talk about your money problems. It doesn't mean that you have to talk about the stock market trends. It can be about the apps that you love. It can be about some saving tips that you learn, maybe some wins that you have. So it's just a matter of getting out there and talking money with people that you're comfortable with. And like I mentioned before, taking action is important. Celebrating wins, those money wins. I'm big on celebrating wins. The other big one is surrounding yourself with people that have that financial confidence that you want to have. It's kind of like in business or when you're trying to achieve some level of success that you want to surround yourself with those people that have already achieved that success or at that next level that you want to get to. You want to surround yourself with people that have that financial confidence that you want to have. And as well, you also, the last one is to uh, do financial confidence check-ins. So just because you're feeling financial confident now, maybe next month, maybe it's a tough month, maybe things didn't go well with money or something happened and your confidence level is down, right? So you always need to do a financial confidence check-in where you just kind of rate it on a scale of one to 10, where one, you're not feeling confident at all to 10, you're feeling extremely confident. And then ask yourself, why did you rate yourself this way? And what can you do to improve this rating? And that's really, really important because when you're aware of it and you can do things to improve it, because if we don't monitor our financial confidence, that also can lead that mindset astray. Like for me, I heard a lot of, we don't have the money. If I don't keep my financial confidence in check, that could lead me back to thinking those thoughts again. Make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And those are actually some really good tips that one can implement actionable things. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that whole financial influence and surrounding yourself with people that help you feel confident. And that's what I actually love about the internet now and just our access to people because never before I feel like have we've had so much access to podcasts and blogs and even just like social media accounts like Instagram and Twitter where we can just log on <laughs> and be inspired and learn from people who make us want to feel good and challenge ourselves with our finances. So right. yeah, that's good. So you talked about also kind of like your upbringing and that whole phrase, I don't have it. And it's funny because you almost have to be able to say things like I don't have it or I'm broke if maybe that's what you want to portray to certain people. So that way, you know, maybe you're not having too many hands out because, okay, they think you have it all going on. So it's like, oh, then maybe Jenna Jamila has some to give to me when it's like, you know, I'm still focusing on, on my own goals. So it's funny because I sometimes say that I have no problem telling people like I don't have it or I'm broke, but internally I'm filled with abundance. Right. So I feel like there's always that fine line in, it's not that you really believe that you're broke or that you don't have it, but if you're saying it to, as a defense mechanism, but really understanding that everything's abundant, that you can really afford anything you want to, and you can have anything you want. It's really just about priorities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about how you became so confident with money? Were you always this way? I would say I always, because my father, when I was in high school, sat me down to talk to me about money, how you need to balance your checkbook and the importance of not getting into credit card debt or debt of any kind. And you're obviously paying your bills on time, those type of things. From then and just hearing um, my parents, the, the discussions, the challenges that they had when I was growing up, 
I was determined that I was going to be in a better financial spot when I was an adult. So the personal finance was always an interest, but there's definitely times where I like confidence, but the confidence came from action, from reading, from trying different things. Because I mentioned earlier where we would put money in the emergency savings, we were budgeting, but I mentioned that our budgeting was more like a checklist. So it was learning that that budget, that was a tool and it wasn't the system that I need. It was part of the system. The budget itself wasn't the whole system that I need to manage the finances. So it was figuring out what this system looks like in managing our finances. So for us, I call it the virtual envelope. So it's just easier for me when you have a budget, you have these different categories where you say you're going to spend X amount of money in these different areas. And What I have found that has made our life a whole lot easier, it's kind of like the cash envelopes, but virtually. We have different accounts for different purposes that allows us to manage the finances a whole lot easier, that allows us to see more clearly without doing a lot of math, how much money is left, let's say for groceries, because we have it completely separated. So it was finding out those things over time, trying things, some things don't work, really getting yourself educated, talking to other people, those type of things has helped me. Again, great tips for anyone who also wants to kind of transform how they feel about their finances. If we can just talk a little bit more about your book, because I think that'd be interesting. Sure. It's called Her Money Matters. One of the things you mentioned that you talk about in the book is reclaiming ownership of your financial life and how you oversee it from here on out. Apart from what you said and mentioned, how you kind of take control and you gain that confidence, what are some forward-looking things to do to reclaim ownership or for someone to reach their financial goals? Right. So basically what I did in the book is because the messages out there that we know is save more, spend less, get out of debt which I had followed. And so I focus on what is missing, which we covered a little bit about the mindset. So I break down the book in three parts. So I talk about what I call as the money headquarters. And in the money headquarters, you've got your money mindset, you've got your money actions, and your money skills. And I talk about these different areas and what is not talked about enough because I think it's really important. And you, I know you had mentioned it earlier, how money mindset is so important. And in my money headquarters, my belief is that if you break this down in a pie chart, the mindset piece is about 60% of that pie chart. Then your money actions is about 20%. And your money skills, which is what we focus on the most, is 10% of that pie chart. And the mindset, I equate it to the foundation of a home. So if you have a shaky foundation, you're always going to be having issues in that home. So you have to have a strong foundation through the get-go. And then the many actions are the bricks. You know, you're adding those bricks to the home and the money skills are just the finishing touches to the home to make that home a sturdy home. So I break that down in that way. And I talk about my past morning stories, the present, how we mentioned how it's important to acknowledge how you grew up around money. Are you repeating 
any of those patterns or behaviors or actions and creating that future money story. So what does that look like? How do you want to feel? What do you want to have? Because you want to know that, right? You want to know where you're at currently, your present money story and what you want to create in your future. So I talk about those things and the money actions too. So with the money actions, I talk about, we think of money actions in terms of, let's say, budgeting or those type of things. In my book with the money actions that help you just boost your progress, we mentioned talking about money. We talked about that earlier, about confidence one thing that I do with my clients is helping them create a dream budget. And so it basically goes back to that prosperity game, but in a different twist where we look at where we want to be in the future, our dream budget, how much money we want to be making, maybe what we want to be spending on groceries. Maybe it's more than what we're spending now. Maybe the travel fund is more than what we're doing now. What does that look like? we put down tangible numbers. What happens with that is that it allows you to get a better picture of how you can get there because you know where you're at now. And then you compare it to your dream budget. You're like, oh, I'm going to need X amount of money to make this and this happen. So I think it's also important to do that. So those are just some money actions that I talk about. Oh, and accountability is another one that I think is so important. I mean, it could be with a friend, it could be a paid type of accountability like you and I do, right? For people. But I think it's just very, very important to find someone. It's going to help with your confidence. You're going to get so much from each other in terms of learning from each other because you have different perspectives, experiences. And it's so important to have someone else from the outside looking in to look at your financial picture, to look at what you want to be doing with your finances and having that outside person looking in is just so, so, so helpful. So accountability is another one that I don't think we hear about enough. You know what? And that's such a good point because I actually, before we got on the phone, I actually had a little consultation call with a potential client. And I say this to anyone who's interested in coaching is that with financial coaching or money coaching, oftentimes they can see why they should get a personal trainer or spend money in certain other areas. But then a lot of people, it doesn't connect why it's important if they have not been able to reach their goals, if what's been holding them back is the accountability, is the step-by-step guidance. That's where the money coach does come in to kind of help you with that. And it's important, but a lot of people I think don't see the connection because it's also from that scarcity mindset. Like I'm already not making the money I want to make or... I don't feel like I have it to spend now to talk to someone to help me make it, which is also counterintuitive because it's like, but if you invest in this, if you invest in a professional or someone who can help you show you what to do, you'll reach your goals. There's some people who can go to the gym without any trainer, without any group class and kill a workout. And then there are people like me who I need to either be in a class or have someone telling me what to do. (laughs) And a lot of people are like that especially with their finances. Like they just need that either group coaching or group setting, or they need that one-on-one accountability, like you said. So it's good that you brought that up. Absolutely. And yeah, and it's sometimes it's, they don't think they have the money or, well, I know what I need to do. I can just go to uh, read those blog posts, listen to this podcast, which yes, there is definitely value in that. But 
if you've been repeating the same cycle, like I said, you need to have someone from the outside looking in just for a different perspective because you don't see what you don't see, right? We just can't. So that's different. So yeah, those are some of the things that I cover. And then I have the money skill sections, which I talk about what a money management system looks like, which we've talked a little bit about in terms of how we in our family, we do the virtual envelope system, but it's also part of the money management system is making sure you check in with the money, right? That's part of the whole idea. And I talk about in the book as well in that section is in terms of budgeting, if everyone needs a budget, which I think everybody does, but where really the difference lies is what stage in your financial journey you're at. So for example, like me, I'm fortunate that I've been doing this for a while. I've learned, I've made my mistakes. I've learned from them. I've established systems that, yes, I still need a budget, but the intensity is different in terms of looking at the budget because the budget is just a plan. It's not doing anything for you if you're not taking action. So the intensity of the budgeting for someone that has their ducks in a row, their systems, everything's working fine, the intensity may not be as much in terms of someone who still is not clear as to where the money is going, who doesn't know what they spent last month on groceries or that type of thing, because that intensity is going to be more. And I brought this up in this book because we all really don't like budgeting, right? We all, it feels like it's restrictive, but it's just a roadmap. It's just for your financial goals. And again, it's just a matter of if we know that we're in a stage in our journey where we're trying to figure things out, we're going to need more of intensity in that budgeting. But if we're more further in our journey, we're still going to need it, but to check in or to revise when life changes. Right. It's not as intense. It doesn't have to be as focused as maybe someone who's just starting out. And I talk about that a lot too. It's really important to understand where you are and the sacrifices you need to make to get from that beginner journey or intermediate to that advanced where, okay, you're a little bit further on your way. So you can maybe not have so many categories in your budget because you're more advanced and you really understand what drives you and where you want to spend. But if you're a beginner, you really might have to get down to the dollar on, okay, this is where I'm spending. This is the categories. Like it's going to be different for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jen, this was such an amazing conversation. I think the listeners, my journeyers will get a lot from this and a lot of actionable steps, which is what I love. So can you please just tell everyone where they can find you, how they can learn more about you and what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. And this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. They can find more about me over at jenhempill.com. You can find the podcast there. And if you're interested more in the book, it's just jenhempill.com forward slash book. Awesome. Thanks, Jen, so much for joining me on this chat. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jen, for coming on the podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed that and that you go pick up her book, Her Money Matters. She actually just came out with a companion workbook for the book, which I think is super smart and good to do because oftentimes you're reading books and you have all this information and you want to take your notes, but it's good to have like a companion guide with worksheets and things you can use while simultaneously reading the book. So I recommend you go check out her book, Her Money Matters, and I'll link that in the show notes and you can find it on Amazon. 
So thanks again for coming on. And if you want the episode show notes in general, go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 44 to get any of the links of anything that we did talk about. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I said I was going to read a review from Apple Podcasts as a thank you to everyone who continues to support and who leaves the reviews in Apple Podcasts because sometimes it's not that (laughs) real easy or intuitive to know how to do it. So thank you for taking the time. This review is from Gabby Tech. And here she says, I started listening at the beginning of this year because I needed some inspiration to help me get on a better financial path. Jamila's podcast is outstanding. I wish she posted multiple days of the week. She has great guests on her show who share invaluable advice. If you need to get your finances in check, listen to this podcast. Thank you so much, Gabby Tech, for that. And I hear you. There have been a few people who have asked about me publishing on more days, more frequently. So actually, I'd like to know, what do you guys think? Would you like to hear more of the Journey to Launch podcast more frequently? If I release some more bonus episodes on another day of the week, how would you feel about that? DM me, send me a message, let me know. I can't promise anything right away, but I do have some thoughts in mind about expanding and just increasing and making this podcast even better. So it's on the list, the top of list of things to do. If you want to connect with me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'm Journey to Launch on all platforms. Don't forget, you can join my private Facebook community. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash community. Last thing, if you want to learn more about my membership program that I'm launching in a few months and you want to be on the secret list. <laughs> so the people who learn about it first, you should go to journeytolaunch.com slash membership and you'll just get notified on what the membership is about. It'd be full of masterclasses, tools and resources on a monthly basis where you can reach your financial goals and I'll be helping you. So go to journeytolaunch.com slash membership to check it out. All right, journeyers, speak to you next week. Mm-hmm.